1: Montana the 4th of July weekend was an eventful one for the landscape of the NBA for United States women's soccer and for the Missoula Osprey, it is to tell the one is on 1029 ESPN radio and across the state of Montana on SWX Montana television. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you here on a Monday afternoon back in the saddle after quite a long little layoff. Four days. Good gracious! Great to be back with you. Glad I could remember which button I had to push to light this thing up. Got it going. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Hey, July is Kurtz Polaris 30th birthday. Really 30 years. And they are celebrating this month by offering. offering. Offering up to 30% off, that's right, 30% off of MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna and Beta dirt bikes, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply, see Kurtz for details, get to Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Seeley all month for Kurtz 30-year anniversary sale. If you want to find the show, you're looking on the web, 1029ESPN.com is where you go. You can find all kinds of goodies there, including the stream. You can listen no matter where you are live to uh, ESPN Radio, the stream available. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to pick up your phone and call, well, we welcome your calls as well. 329-1899, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. Today, we're going to get into some... Uh, NBA free agency, obviously Kawhi Leonard uh, joining, shockingly, surprisingly, Paul George in the Los Angeles Clippers neighborhood uh, is going to be uh, a big topic of conversation. Colter and I were uh, yammering to one another all weekend about this. We are going to get into the United States for the second consecutive World Cup being Women's World Cup champions, a 2 nothing win over the Netherlands, a huge, huge victory uh, and uh, a a tremendous run for the uh, United States women's national team. We also, in the next segment, going to get into some more NBA stuff. Zion Williamson plays in his first NBA game, gets not really in; He didn't get injured. He got a bruised knee. He's going to be out for the rest of the summer league, and then an earthquake hits. And I wonder if it was just him landing. You know, I don't know. I'm not even convinced there was an earthquake in California over the weekend. The Osprey on an absolute tear. When we left the Idaho Falls Chuckers were the definitive best team in the Pioneer League until the uh, O's went ahead and took four in a row from them. Winners again last night against Billing were the Osprey. Uh, so uh, this is a, a pretty impressive run that uh, the Osprey have been on to get themselves, I think within two games of the top spot in the Pioneer League North. Uh, So we'll get uh, into uh, all of that stuff with you here on the big show. Coulter, how we doing? Happy 4th of July. Uh, Four days later, that's the 8th of July. Uh, I saw you on the 3rd. I saw you on the 4th. I didn't see you again until today, though. And uh, between uh, the last time I saw you and today, you are claiming who have had a uh, slight mishap in the bathroom. I am not convinced of this. I, I maintain great incredulity to the story. I think that there was either something involved, maybe that there was some poor decision-making happening, maybe it was a lost bet, maybe you're just like, hey, you know what, it's time for a change. I think you look great. Well, you thanks. come in here, baby face Coulter, who has had nothing but a full beard up onto an excessive beard the entire time we've known each other our adult <laughs> lives, is now... Not all the way skinned up, but only because it's a couple days of growth. You went and shaved the whole thing off, and my friend, that's a revolution.
0: Shaved the whole thing off. Went down to the 4th of July celebration at Fort Missoula, mm-hmm. which was cool. Took the kid, some of the kids down there. Nice. Hung out, played on the deal. Then came back. I was supposed to go to a barbecue at some old friends' houses. And uh, I one part of my beard, like the right... Part of my chin, it grows faster than the rest of it. Okay. So sometimes it gets
1: a little straggled down here. here. Here's something now for for the ladies out there that may be listening. This is <laughs> no, no, but this is true. You don't understand. I, I don't think the truly. It's not just like oh yeah, you're shaving your face the way you would shave like your legs or something like this. Like it. It does vary side to side, oh, top yeah. to bottom, oh, yeah. mustache to goatee. It's not all the same thing going on here, so you do have to manage that uh, nuance of the facial hair uh, game.
0: And I had, like, I mean, like probably a good three. I mean, if you were to pull it out, I, I mean, I use beard ointment to shape it and all this stuff, Whoa. but if you were to pull it out, it's probably a good four inches. beard ointment. And so, the way, that, the way that the barber does it, they fade it. They took the, the Boys Down Compass Barbershop, my main guy, Zach. Free promotion for you, Zach. Hope you're listening. He, uh, he does it so good he like fades it with a comb and then like takes the straight buzzer yeah, yeah. And, and just shaves it off. It's kind of like getting a fade on your hair so I was trying to do that on that one spot and you try to like, the hey, end I of, could
1: do this I've seen got to the this. end
0: of the comb, boom, hit it on the cheek full square, gone sk- down to the skin. so I was like, well, getting rid of the beard well let's save the goatee so then same thing, trying to fade up the goat, slip again boom now I gotta missing, basically, soul patch. So then I was like, okay, I well, guess I'm just going pure stash.
1: So it didn't work the first time, and you're like, well, I can definitely do it this time to myself. And yep. And then it didn't work again.
0: Yep, and now I have no facial hair for the first time in, I think, 13 years is the last time I was fully cleanly shaven.
1: What do you think? What do you
0: think? Uh I feel like I... uh <laughs> I got so many sayings that my old man would use right now, none of which I think I can actually say on the, uh, on the use, radio. I got one that we can use
1: dear friend Tommy, the esteemed engineer of these here stations, longtime producer of this very show, said, you look like you should be in a bowling alley with John Candy. <laughs> <laughs> which it's a great line. I don't really line. know what to say. It doesn't make any sense well, just because John Candy never had a beard. Is that the deal? Oh, no. I guess.
0: I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm so funny, or maybe it's a fat joke. It's it's all up for grabs. Yeah,
1: well, let me tell you something, uh, my friend. John Candy walks in here, and you and I both got the physiques of Greek gods going, you know? Truth. I mean, truth, truth. Rest in peace, Mr. Candy. 4th uh, of July, it was great. We both know that. We were together. Excellent. Uh, is everything... Mended relationships up there in the complex. There, everything's okay. Oh yeah, we're all good. Yep, good. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great July third. Yeah, Yeah. we went to the Osprey game. We got uh, Ellis, your your nephew, or uh, our our, our little guy out there. My kids running around, lost one of them. You expect to lose one of the younger kids? Now I should preface this: many parents don't expect to lose their kids. I a hundred percent expect to quote unquote lose my kids. It's a confined area. You know what I mean? I can wander. Anyway, I expect it to be the little ones, you know, not the oldest one that walks off. But I hope, speaking of I hope they're listening, So Tom Sarpari, who we work with through SWX, the general manager here in town, the television stations, calls me. Hey, uh, you know where your oldest daughter is? Well, no, no, Tom, not at the moment. Uh, <laughs> did, she, did she put in an application or what's going on? Are you trying to hire? Yeah, I'm with her. She's at the bounce house. That is on the extreme right field line. We were on the far left field line near the uh, Jack's Pub down there in the grass area. She made the full march to the entire other end, and she was not going to the bounce house. She was actually looking for her younger sister, who was with me, and why she did not choose to come. Well, she assumed, well, probably the kid's not with Dad because Dad's watching baseball. You know, he can't be bothered keeping up with the kids. It was fun, though. Huge crowd there. Huge crowd near sellout. People or something like that—a walk-off game winner on a uh, a, of a a much-needed win, really that sparked the streak here uh, for the Osprey through this long weekend. And you had the fireworks. It was a great third of July we had.
0: The walk-off part was excellent. I also thought it was—it was noticeable that the two managers in the game sort of sensed the moment. It, well, it was the biggest crowd in Missoula. For sure. There's the fireworks coming up. It's I,
1: I, I've never seen a bigger crowd never. At, a, at an Osprey baseball game. Me neither. What was Me it, neither. The third.
0: And yeah. uh, the managers managed the games to win. Yes. Both, both sides. And a lot of, that might sound stupid, but that's not actually the case a lot of times in the Pioneer League because they're trying to develop these guys. So sometimes, you know, say your pitcher's getting shelled or say you have a weird matchup, you know, a weird hitter versus pitcher matchup. You don't necessarily manage it like you would a big league game because you're you wanna
1: experience. See, You
0: want to see what this guy can do. You know, if this guy's he's got a guy on second and third with one out and he's already given up two runs, you're going to leave him in there. And let him roll, see what he can do. And they made tactful moves on both sides and it set up a great – Bottom of the ninth final walk-off, and uh, it was pretty cool for everybody to see it. And then just to roll right into the fireworks, it was a great fireworks display as well.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, you can watch on YouTube or on SWX Montana television if you want to see this man's face. Do it Man. right now. to tell Nuanas, That's the YouTube channel. You can check it out. Uh, Coulter, Kawhi going to the Clippers, which going back a few weeks was I think every pretty a pretty significant leader in the clubhouse, particularly you know when he's kind of made the final you know assessment or came out that he had three teams: the Lakers, the Clippers, and the, the Raptors that he was going to talk to. Uh, I think a lot of people thought that the Clippers seemed like maybe the best situation for him and going back to Los Angeles and all that. But as I've said repeatedly here, I had no you know n- myself and everyone else has no idea what Kawhi Leonard is thinking about. The fact that you hear, okay, he's going to go to the Los Angeles Clippers. You go, okay, wow, that's that's big. And then you hear, oh, but he's not going by himself. No, 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 no. no. The guy who was, I was, was am I, am I writing this? Was Paul? No, no, no. After Paul George was third, I think, in the MVP voting this year. He was behind uh, uh, Giannis and uh, some guy who plays in Houston.
0: Average and, a career high twenty-eight points, led the league in steals, first-team All
1: Defense. And all of a sudden, you look up and you go. They got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers to meet up with Pat Bev and Lou Williams and let that thing rock and roll in Staples Center in the same locker room as LeBron James and AD. And you go, oh my goodness. Now, I I want to get into this trade because I think there's a lot to talk about here in the the massive exchange of one player for a couple good players really good players and then all of the picks i mean i don't think the los angeles clippers even need to go to a draft in the next 5 years it's just yep, yep that's it we're got we're good so i want to talk about that aspect of it but just from a the players on this team and specifically the clippers because the 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 you know the the oklahoma city thunder effectively tapped out for the next year or two at least uh, so, But for the Clippers now and what we see in the new, brand new landscape of the NBA at large, and this is really the final major piece to be set, you think about this what?
0: Well, I was having some pretty interesting thoughts when it comes to the 24-hour news cycle and the world of journalism because so often when you have a big scoop, being first has replaced being right so much in modern news coverage, whether it's TV, print, online, whatever you do. And, y- you know, you've worked side-by-side side with me while well, we've broken some pretty big scoops in Montana. Yep. And we always try to do the back-end work at Skyline to make sure that it's first and right. But I was thinking about how impressive it is to reach the journalism status of a guy like Adrian Wojnarowski, where you are the one that breaks every scoop. And it, it's reached this ironic place where... I saw no less than 50 tweets from varying reporters saying Kawhi Leonard was going to the Lakers. Kawhi Leonard was going here. He was going there. Stay tuned because Kawhi Leonard is making his announcement. And it, Adrian Wojnarowski has reached this point of clout where now, instead of being first, he's actually last. Because he's the only one that's right. Mm. So everybody can be first all along the way. But no one believes it until it's Woj. That in itself is incredible that he's been able to attain that status. But it also just shows how much of a secret this truly was. Basically, all we really knew was that Kawhi Leonard wasn't really telling anybody anything. And now it's come out that Kawhi Leonard, that one NBA executive was quoted as saying that Kawhi Leonard has found his voice, which I thought was very interesting. He allegedly recruited Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving as well. But it was the recruitment of Paul George by Kawhi Leonard that made this happen. If you read through the details of the timeline Paul George showed up at Sam Presti's house, the general manager for the Oklahoma City Thunder on July 4th, and said, hey, we got to talk. you got to trade me. And that's Kawhi Leonard talking Paul George into that. But when this hit, I had just got home, and I'm looking through my feed, and I'm like, is it fake? Is it fake? This might, maybe this is just another trolling account. Maybe this is just another illegitimate report. And then I see it on The Athletic. And then all of a sudden I see it, that Woj has got it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's real. And then when you just break into the details of the trade, I, just, I don't think anybody saw this coming, but I also think that this completely fractures the NBA as we know it. We're going to get into the Oklahoma City Thunder side of this thing, but at the end of the day, the basic NBA fans and the people that just follow the league from a 30,000-foot view are going to... Because the Thunder are likely going to trade Russell Westbrook. Yep. And so you're likely going to lose two of probably the 12 or 13 best players in the NBA in the matter of two weeks. And on the surface, that looks like such a huge loss. Looks like your franchise is on fire. And in reality, when, this all, when the dust all settles, Sam Presti is going to have the last laugh. Because the Thunder were the most stuck team in the NBA. And now they're not. That's that they're not true. necessarily better, but they're not stuck. Because if you're going to pay $500 million to Russell Westbrook and Paul George and get sixth and losing
1: the first round of playoffs, that ain't worth it. Lost the first round of the playoffs the last three years in a row. They have
0: not won a playoff series since Kevin Durant left.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who are playing along at home, uh, Shai Gil- Gilgis-Alexander uh, is, uh, and along with uh, Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari. Gallinari are the two players that are leaving uh, the Clippers and going to OKC. But much more notable than that are four unprotected future draft picks, the 2022, 2024, and 2026 first-round picks of the Clippers, the, 21, the 2021 pick of the Heat, which the Clippers had from yep. before, another protected first-round pick that's lottery-protected in 2023, and then the rights to swap picks with the Clippers, if the if they you know presumably if the Clippers have a better slot to pick from in both twenty twenty three and twenty twenty five. Colter, some people like the Clark Fork, some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot.
0: We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls. I love rainbows, and I love the Blackfoot River.
1: You know, if a company was smart, they would just name themselves Blackfoot. By God. Look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber-optic cables to increase hugely the, the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of Montana.
0: It's pretty likely you already know Blackfoot as a local partner for Internet, voice, professional services, anything you need to fuel your growing business. But, like you said, they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across Montana. And right now, they're expand- expanding their fiber network into Bozeman, St.
1: Ignatius, and other regions. Find out more about what Blackfoot does. Give them a call, 866-541-5000, or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site, or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL. Drop it in there, goblackfoot.com. I have sort of, the, the nice thing about this happening like, you know, three days ago, whatever, two days ago, is that you have a chance to sort of sit there and go, okay, what's going on? Because people have talked about this, understandably so, uh, and they talked about this with the Anthony Davis thing, too, the Anthony Davis trade, uh, as the uh, 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 the Cowboys-Vikings deal that sent Herschel Walker uh, to, to Minnesota for Boatload of guys, and obviously that worked out for the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's very different in the NBA. Now, I think that I've said this before. I thought the Lakers and the Pelicans, in a very rare scenario, both won in the deal that they made, and we'll see what happened uh, happens. And obviously, it's going to take time to see you know the fruits of the Pelicans' decision in what they did, or at least what they were forced to do uh, uh, because of Anthony Davis. But when you look at these draft picks, what do we know about the NBA draft, Coulter? If you're not picking in the lottery...
0: If you're not picking the top five, honestly. Really, probably top
1: five. There's there's obviously, you know, diamonds in the rough out there, guys who can come in and help your team. But if you're talking about all NBA, you know, championship caliber players, they are at the very top end of the draft. What the... What the Los Angeles Clippers are saying is, you can have all these picks. You know why? Because we're going to be great. And we are going to be picking way down at the end of these drafts. So you want pick number 27? You want pick number 25? Hopefully, in the case of the Clippers, you want pick number 30? You can have it. Here you go. Here's all of them. Because we got two of the top, certainly two of the top 10, probably two of the top six, five, six, seven guys in the NBA on our team to go with an already very good group that's there. We are going to roll, and so we don't even care about these draft picks anymore relative to that. Now, you get out there, I mean, you get out here six years down the line in 2026, things are going to look a lot different than they do right now, no question about that, and who knows, maybe that bears some fruit. But I don't think, I mean, in two years, when the first... 2022 pick comes up, these guys are still going to presumably be doing it and doing it very well, and I don't think the Clippers are all of a sudden going to be giving up a top 10 pick in the draft because of this move. This is not going to be like the Nets and the and the Celtics when they, when they work that deal for all the old guys walking out the door in Boston. So I think this is a great deal for the Clippers. I think it's a massive risk for... The Oklahoma City Thunder. And again, I don't know that Sam Presti had much choice in the matter, to your point. But also, if you want to be optimistic, if you're a Thunder fan, you, they they were stuck. They're not stuck now. They could be terrible. In fact, they almost certainly are going to be a very mm. bad basketball team immediately.
0: Maybe. Depends on who they trade Westbrook for.
1: I don't think it does.
0: Shea just Alexander had one of the best. Uh, I mean, he was second-team all-rookie. He probably had... I would say, though, the third-best rookie season in the NBA. The only reason he wasn't first-team all-rookie is because Trey Young and Luka Doncic had both exceptional rookie seasons. I think Shea Gilchrist-Alexander is a phenomenal prospect. He's only 20 years old. The number one reason that the Thunder are going to trade Russell Westbrook is because Russell Westbrook is scheduled to make $41, $43, and $47 million over the next three years. Shea Gilchrist-Alexander is on the books for $13 million total. The difference between those two guys, while pretty large right now, is not large enough to make sure your Chris Alexander your backup for three years and not get something for Russell Westbrook while the Iron hot. Now, who do they trade him for? Because if they trade him to Detroit with a package that includes guys like Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond, you're right, they're not a playoff team. That team's not making the playoffs. If they trade him to Houston and they get Clint Capella and Eric
1: Gordon, that team's that's, not playing, making the playoffs. Ah, it's close, it's we're borderline. Gonna do, we're gonna do this at the top of the next. Let's do it at the top
0: of the hour because I got I got a bunch you of other got a, stuff.
1: You got your big list, but well, I, gonna, I got a,
0: I got a bunch of other stuff I want to say about kay. this this exact just what this means in the NBA specifically because I think that I think that the most undertold story of this entire last couple years, honestly, in the league, is that there was a, a cap spike in 2016 that preceded. This now pending TV money, but the right guys weren't free agents at the right time and the league got broken for a minute You have guys like Timothy Mozgov signing 80 million dollar contracts and then never be playing again guys like Tyson Chandler getting 19 million dollars Even though he's almost retired guys like Joe Kim Noah Signing an almost max deal to do nothing It's, it's breaking the economy of the league Matthew Della signed for $40 million. Well, where,
1: it, it isn't breaking the economy of the but, league. It's paying guys that, what they don't deserve because that's what the money right, is. Right, but the
0: cap spike lasted until it's about to readjust next year, and then the cap will be broader for everybody, and all the other teams we're gonna will be able to adjust to the luxury tax. What I'm saying is there's a tangible financial reason that the Golden State Warriors were able to sign Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. That broke the league for a moment we still love the NBA, and a lot of people do. But there was a lot of people that said, I'm not going to watch this because why? And, it, you know, the Warriors got derailed by injuries, and that's another thing that was great for the league because it really does show you that anything can happen. But that super team, it wasn't good for the brand of the league because it made it seem as if the league was completely unbalanced with one singular entity. How do you beat this team? It's like we were talking. Even with Kevin Durant out, they're still the favorite. Even with You know, there's all these combinations you can make where they're still... The favorite. Now we have a rebalancing of power. The other thing that changed over the weekend, or the other thing that's changed in the last six weeks is when Kawhi Leonard finally hoisted that trophy and he's the finals MVP, he shows the rest of the league that it is 100% worth it to take a flyer on a guy, even if he's going to be a one and done. Because guess what? There's only 16 franchises in the entire NBA that's won a championship. Ever. Ever. Half the teams in the league have never won a championship teams that we're going to talk about at the top of the hour as contenders, the jazz, the nuggets, the blazers, none, zero, never won a championship. I guess the blazers, blazers won, the blazers won one in the post, in the post ABA merger when, the, when
1: Will Walton was with them. That's right. Yeah.
0: But they haven't won a championship. I mean, 1970 was 79 was 50 years ago.
1: It was four thirty nine 39 years ago.
0: There was no, there's been so many teams that have come close. that have never won a championship. So what I'm saying is you make a run when you can get a chance. Like, like, the Clippers completely mortgaged their future. But the Clippers have never been a true contender. So when you can do it, you have to do it. You absolutely have to do it. I think that's what Kawhi Leonard showed the rest of the league. And the dominoes fell. And now all of a sudden, I think we're going to go into next season with the exact opposite perception of the league. That it is wide, wide, wide,
1: wide open. open. Wide open. And we'll talk more about that because the list you put together here of, of twosomes slash threesomes that are on teams in the league is pretty remarkable. Are or, or very well could be. To tell is 102.9 ESPN Radio. Uh, Coulter, one last thing on this before we get into uh, the Women's World Cup. But uh, uh, what, to, what do you think this, how, how big an embarrassment is this to the Lakers? A big one, uh, a little one, or not one at all?
0: Well, I actually think that the Lakers filled out their roster pretty darn well, considering, you know, everything that they've gone through the last couple months. When you, I mean, we're going to get into the best combos in the NBA, but I, you know, I said this before. What we're going to see a completely revitalized version of the LeBron James, and it's foolish to think that he's not one of the three best players in the league still. So, therefore, if you add another guy like Anthony Davis, I, I mean. At their peak powers, you have two of the four best players in the league. You have the best combo of guys in the entire NBA, which means that you are significantly better than you were a year ago.
1: I understand, but all I'm saying is that it, I'm, I'm not... I mean, they got Anthony Davis through a, a, a giant trade. Yep. And they got LeBron to come two years ago, now yep. two years ago, because with Magic there. Yep. And, we, and all of this, I mean, just stunning... Uh, 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 embarrassment and and uh, chaos has seemed to ensue and continues to from the L.A. Lakers and the Lakers who have always been the destination for what? Free agents in the league yep. and Kawhi Leonard to go, there's three teams I'm interested in. Two of them are in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and he's going to the Clippers. This culture, I mean, for our entire lives up until maybe Two years ago. Unthinkable. Unthinkable oh, it's that somebody unthinkable. would pick the Clippers over the Lakers, no matter the records, even on years where the Clippers have been better or whatever. Unthinkable. And <laughs> so for this to happen and and you, you, I think you sit here and you go, th- this to me is not again, I'm not saying that the Clippers are all of a sudden the team or have surpassed the Lakers in prestige or anything like that. But what I but this does uh 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 demonstrate to me Not merely a passive moment where the Clippers, you know, got, you know, had a coup and got a guy, or in this case, guys, but where they as an organization have closed the gap significantly on the Los Angeles Lakers and people, hey, I can play in the same building, in the same town, for an owner that I like, for an organization that oddly enough seems stable with Doc Rivers sitting there, and and we're going to just go do the thing with the clips. What do I care what color the jersey is?
0: And what I say last week, the knowledge that NBA players have about the inner workings of organizations is a, is at a higher level than it ever has mm-hmm. been before. 25 years ago, no one knew who any of the general managers in the league were, besides maybe Jerry Krause with the Bulls. That's because of his constant battle with Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. But that that was also back in the day when the front office and the owners had all the control. I mean, Michael Jordan... Straight up was in contract disputes for three straight years because they were paying him 2.5 million dollars Think of that and when he came out of retirement. He said yo, I'm signing a one-year renewable 33 million dollar deal That's it. There's no long-term nothing. It's me. I want player option mine and I mean, it's one of the landmark moments in the NBA and one that's undertold a little bit but players know now what the front office holds and Who's the key factor here? Jerry West. Jerry West has brokered all of the landmark deals of the last 20 years in the NBA. And he did it again with the Clippers by being the guy that kind of led the way for them. But your point is well taken. The Clippers, with the exception of David Stern blocking Chris Paul's trade to the Lakers and basically railroading Chris Paul into the Clippers... The Clippers have never done anything of any sort of positive consequence. They have never signed. They've never been a free agent destination for anybody. They never made a good trade. They never done anything. They were the the laughing stock of the NBA.
1: Well, and what's the common thread there? The Still owner, Palmer wasn't their owner right. until three years ago or right. four years ago, and then all of a sudden you get a guy who he's right. invested in the team, who knows what he's doing right. at, a, at a at a certain level, you know, and and. And generally gets it as opposed to just piece of garbage that they had before. Well, I and mean, all of a sudden, look it. Now it now it's a Los Angeles franchise is doing what a Los Angeles franchise in basketball should be doing.
0: To, to answer your question, I think the the Lakers salvaged on the back end, and I think they're actually going to go in to the next season with a little bit more depth. Even though it's not like phenomenal depth, it's per, it, it's okay. And I don't know if they would have been able to sell. I mean, I don't know if they would have been able to figure out a way to sign. Raymond Rondo, Danny Green, Concavius Caldwell Pope, re-up him, Jared Dudley, and Demarcus Cousins. I don't think they would have been able to get all five of those guys. Again, you know, Demarcus Cousins, a, a big gray area. No one really knows what he is going to be. But Danny Green, proven player. Rayon Rondo. I mean, Anthony Davis raves about loving to play with Rayon Rondo and Demarcus Cousins, and people forget. It's easy to forget with the way that everything shifts in the NBA so rapidly. Rajon Rondo, DeMarcus Cousins, and Anthony Davis beat the – they swept the Blazers in the playoffs two years ago. Mm-hmm. They were a good team. If they can – so you add LeBron to that team, I think that's a pretty good team, especially if you have veteran guys like Danny Green. But on the other side of this thing, if you're looking at rosters and you're like, I could go play with Pat Beverly and the, the other solid role players that the Clippers have, I can play four, Doc Rivers, I can play under the logo Jerry West, and I can play for an organization owned by Steve Ballmer. That just looks so much better than any of the optics that the Lakers have, and I think that, that this was the first time in the history of the league that someone has looked at the optics behind the Lakers, that have looked at the two LA franchises and decided the Clippers are the better one, and that in itself
1: is history-making. Stu 2 waters, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. On the other side. United States women's national team, a 2-0 win over the Netherlands, to consecutive World Cup championships.
0: You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula hotel that truly offers something for everybody.
1: No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides.
0: That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere.
1: Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that.
0: They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests.
1: The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call very simple, easily memorizable number 541-8000. That's 541-8000, the best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport.
0: Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not.
1: U.S. to the Dutch, Goose an undefeated, in fact, never trailing United States women's national team is World Cup champions. It is to tell Nuwandas one of two ninety ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris is celebrating their 30th birthday. That's right, 30 years. They're celebrating this month by offering up to 30% off, that's right, 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husvarta and Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Get to Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Seeley all month for Kurtz 30-year anniversary sale. You want to track us down on the Twitter machine? Go ahead at Skyline Sports MT at 1029 ESPN and at Gus to tell your relevant handles there. Uh, Coulter, uh, the Women's World Cup team champions again for a second consecutive time. Uh, they tie an all time record with their fourth overall World Cup uh, championship and uh, join Germany, the what is it, 2003 and 2007 Germans as the only back to back uh, champions, consecutive champions uh, for uh, for the Germans and uh, the United States. So an outstanding... <laughs> are, we, are we good here? Yeah, Tommy's giving me uh, Creed ca- cassette tape. Had to do it right now. Had to walk right in here and do it right Tommy's here. Tommy's bored. The middle of this segment. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so anyway, uh, carry on. Thanks. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> Usually when Tommy comes in, it's because something's broken.
1: Well... I mean, I would be broken if you put that on right now. I would think. Uh, in any case, uh, Megan Rapinoe, uh, Rapino, excuse me, gotta get it right. Uh, won the Golden Ball as the top player and the Golden Boot as the top score. Top score is an objective matter of math. The top player uh, is something like the MVP. She won both of those. Scored the first goal of this game in the 61st minute. A uh, A penalty in the box uh, ended up getting her uh, to a penalty box or a penalty shot, which she scored, and the U.S. uh, scored a second goal as well uh, about eight minutes later. But Coulter, in the main, I mean, just a dominant run. The U. The women's team never trailed at any point in the entire World Cup. I mean, that is. You know, it's one thing to have expectations, and they th- certainly did. They were favorites. But to go through and do it and do it emphatically the way they did it, very, very impressive and a fun game uh, 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 to watch over the weekend to see this championship unfold yesterday.
0: I think they outscored their opponents 26-3 to 3 during the tournament. I mean, it, it was as dominant as you can be. Now, let's be clear.
1: One of those was Thailand. Well, sure. So, half of them were Thailand. It's, they still won 13 to three of the other games. They did. <laughs> I mean, 13 to nothing that one. They gave up three
0: goals the whole time. I mean, they, they the other thing is it wasn't just that they never trailed, but they were in the lead for, I think, all but 27 minutes of right, the entire they tournament. because they scored in the first five to ten minutes of every
1: match, except for the championship, right? right? where it was zero zero at halftime. They had some good looks in the first half, especially later on in that first half. Some some very uh, so first of all, some very good saves by Netherlands, but also some real opportunities for the United States, and they couldn't cash it in. But uh, finally, do have the the penalty uh, in that uh, in that early on in that second half.
0: And there's there's been a, a ton of great athletes, great female athletes from from America and worldwide, but from America for decades. And there's been some that have captured the imagination and captured, captured the hearts of America. And most often it's gymnasts and then oftentimes it's track stars. But this is no question in my mind, the most marketable soccer team, men or women, in the history of of this country, for sure, and one of the great soccer teams ever. Because when you talk about their dominance, plus the amount of stars that they have, plus the fact that they steadfastly and aggressively took on a political narrative, and I don't want to politicize this segment in in terms of what we think of all this, but the fact that they did champion the power of women mm-hmm. on su- such a in such a in such an aggressive but confident, it, some would say brash, but but unapologetic way, I think, I think it was a turning point. I really do. I think it was an, an amazing moment uh, for equality and for patriotism and for the sport of soccer in general. Because I, I think that you know, there's all this debate who should make more, the men or the women. I don't think we need to get into that because there's some real revenue numbers that just don't match up, and it, it, you know, you don't want to squelch the momentum that these women have have made by representing the United States, but I think that this team has so many stars and was so dominant and so appealing to watch, and they did it in their own fashion. I mean, to me, they were among the great national teams to compete on an international stage in the, in, in the history of, of American women's sports. They're right up there with that 1996 women's Olympic team that won the gold medal with Carrie Shrug. You know, doing the vault, breaking her leg, still winning. You know, with all the rest of those girls, Dominique Dawes, Dominique Mochianu, that whole team. I mean, they're right up there with them. And I, and I'm I'm excited to see now the the way that they parlay their stardom because you know sometimes the the star is a shooting star and it burns out kind of quickly. But the fact that these girls are playing uh, a team sport that has more infrastructure in the United States than maybe any other women's sport right now, and they are doing it at such a high level, and the fact that they can also now still continue to compete professionally, I, I think that it's it, it's a turning point for soccer in America and for women's sports in America.
1: I think that uh, the was it was it ninety four that the United States hosted the men's the men's World, World Cup, yep, and that men's team went pretty deep. I want to say even maybe the quarterfinals that they made it to in that. And I thought that that was that's the first time that I remember. You know the country sort of of rallying around United States soccer, and I thought that that group really broke through for the sport itself. Uh, but this group has certainly done that. But like you said, all of the issues that they have taken, you know, taken it upon themselves, uh, and and in some cases have, have well, yeah, primarily have taken on themselves, put on them whatever uh, that have you know spilled the bounds of the sport. Uh, is also something that's notable and is something that is certainly part of the narrative of this team and and what they accomplished and what they did and I you know wh- wh- what 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 effect that has had and will continue to have uh, I don't know but the the fact that they were certainly must watch TV and mm-hmm. had. Uh, uh, had the the eyes and the ears of the nation broadly for this run of you know a month or whatever it's been. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And to finish it off the way they did, very very impressive. So uh, congratulations to them on on uh, on winning a World Cup. It's uh, a, a pretty impressive thing, even when uh, when coming from in front as it were. By the way, Jill Ellis is the first coach uh, to ever lead back-to-back teams. Same coach to do it back to back teams in world Cups obviously World Cups being four years apart usually you some change uh in that in that amount of time so congratulations to her specifically uh leading the way on all of this and managing I mean think about trying to manage a team when you talk about the the expectations that were there all of the things all the questions that were not soccer related that uh, that were produced in this and having to you know handle and deal with it it wouldn't, Rapino, your best players out for a semifinal, you know, match. How do you deal with that and bounce back from that? And they were, uh, she, she pushed all the right buttons and seemed to do it, uh, all with, uh, with, you know, a tremendous amount of grace. I fought it. So I'm, I was very impressed by Jill Ellis and the, the coach in this respect.
0: Just the seventh women's world cup in history. Yeah. First one was 1991. The United States have won four. Pretty good. I think that solidifies the U S as the, the dominant soccer nation. And, it's, it's, it's fascinating for me to think about the dichotomy between men's and women's soccer, not from the pay scale. That's what everybody wants to talk about right now. We're going to leave that alone for today in terms of the infrastructure and opportunity that, that exists. And also just the, the way that females are, are choosing sports. And in, in other words, I, I don't really think that many of the men on the United States national soccer team are amongst the best athletes in America or the best athletes in the world. I think there's, I think there's probably a combined 150 guys in the NBA and the NFL that are better athletes than any guy that's on the U.S. national soccer team. Yeah. Whereas I think that Megan Rapinoe and Alex Morgan are definitely among the best women's athletes in the in America right
1: now. Mm-hmm.
0: I just think it's interesting the way that people have guided their talents, but also how soccer has caught on on such a good level um, in the United States.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it certainly has. Uh, It's Two-Tail-Nuanus, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break. On the other side, from one football, excuse me, got to work it out a little bit from time to time, you know? (laughs) From one football to another football, we got tickets for you all summer long. You ready for this? To go to Autzen Stadium in Eugene, Oregon. We watched the University of Oregon host the Montana Grizzlies. September 14th is that football game. We got a huge summer that is going to bring us out into the community and hopefully bring you along with us and then send a big group, a whole big group of people over to uh, Eugene, Oregon, for uh, for Montana, Oregon football in earlier mid-September, as it were. We'll tell you all about it, how it's going to work, and what we're going to do next. Now from the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it.
0: You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You
1: gotta get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing.
0: Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing.
1: Click on the link below, go slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana.
0: So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now.
1: Is it too early to talk football? Absolutely not.
0: You're right over there. I'm giving myself black out my headphones. I don't know, dude. Knock yourself. State of out? disarray. My goodness, clean shave. It's, it's because it's because I'm feeling 13 again. I got no facial hair. I got a Creed tape. Did you get carded? On your-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tommy. Thanks, Tommy.
0: Got a Creed tape. Can't wait to hear what's on oh, this, man.
1: Uh huh. 2TEL and Nuwanis, 102.9 ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula Highway 83 in Sealy, and they are celebrating their 30th birthday. That's right. 30 years they've been in business this July. So all month they are offering up to 30%. That's right, 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna or Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. That's right. Pontumbo. That's the way to go. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Get to Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Sealy all month for Kurtz's thirty year anniversary sale. Uh Coulter, uh uh this is uh this is pretty cool, man. I'm pumped up about this. Now, we should tell the people too, while we're talking, you know, into this. We're we're excited about football season. I've been thinking about it. You know what game I watched over the weekend? South Carolina Clemson.
0: Man, you're amazing. What do you get out of that? Football. You, you just like watching them just, just run around and
1: hit. But what I mean, what kind of question is that? Yeah, of course I do. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's what I do, though. I'm a results-based guy. I want to know what happened, and I already know what happened. In that but game. here's the thing. No, and, that, and that's a very fair point. I have so many games on here and some of them that I didn't get to. Like a regular season, you know, North Carolina State-Wake Forest-ACC game. I had, I don't have any idea what happened. I don't know how it happened. I don't know what the result was. I know that neither of these teams were of any consequence on any sort of national level or whatever. Did they either of them even go to a bowl game? I don't know. But in the terms of this individual game, it is like watching it the first time because I got, I probably got, I probably got 120 football games. On the DVR. And so uh, I can go back and go, well, yeah, I mean, I got no idea what happened in this one. Let's take a look. Take a little peek, you know? It's great. Clemson. They're going to be national champions. You, now, the, the Clemson game, you do know that Clemson beat South Carolina. You do right. know that. But how how it happened is actually kind of surprising. They were down early. Tied at halftime, I think. Yeah, maybe one score game at halftime. Blitzed them in the second half a little bit. That's the way it goes
0: tease for later this week. We'll be doing segments and also supplemental podcast segments yes. on our uh, All-Big Sky teams and our preseason polls leading up to the Big Sky kickoff
1: next week. Another tease. We'll start a remote broadcast on Monday. This is And this was the whole thing that I was trying to get to anyway, and I couldn't even get there. Sorry. Uh, yes, we can talk about football now because this weekend in Spokane, the annual Big Sky kickoff, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, I think, a pretty cool event. I like the fact that that the conference, you know, takes it upon themselves to to put this on. And there's some reasons they do it, because they get some imaging for, like, root sports mm-hmm. that they do, you know, that are it's going to play as part of the, you know, when, when they do the big, you know, television production side of this, it's going to air in all these games that happen, you know, throughout the course uh, of the year. So there's some pragmatic elements to it. But basically all 13 uh, football, head football coaches from the Big Sky Conference, a couple of players from each team, usually something like an offensive and defensive captain or representative from each team, uh, comes. And then all the media that that can or wants to uh, is there. By the way, 80% of it from the state of Montana, the media. Uh, there's
0: a lot from the Spokane, uh, Cheney, Idaho, uh, Moscow, little corridor. Yeah, I expect people from Coeur d'Alene, Spokane, media markets and Moscow media markets to be there. Mm-hmm. A ton of people from Montana to be Missoula, there,
1: Bozeman, and uh, that's about it. Yeah, our boy Greg, he's he going to be. Out
0: this there. is, I know you need to get into the talking more about these remotes, but it's Idaho is so perplexing to me. I was talking to Mass and Guernsey, uh, his colleague mm-hmm. of ours, Idaho State Journal sports editor, covers Idaho State down there in Pocatello, and he was saying, "I was like, you come to Spokane?" And he's like, "No, dude." He's like, "It's way too far." And I'm like how far is it? He's like, it's like nine and a half hours. I said, what, how he said, you got to go this crazy way. It's just like how Boise and Coeur d'Alene are farther apart than Missoula and Boise. Right. Because of the mountains that are in the middle and like the way you have to go around. I mean, I have a friend from college who her parents live in Coeur d'Alene. She lives in Boise. She flies home to go home for holidays.
1: The, uh, the mountainous terrain between us and in Montana and, and going south, southwest is remarkable. It's, remarkable. it's spectacular. It's fun to drive. But there's no... I mean, I, I give Lewis and Clark, you know, hats off to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, out Amen. in the world. Uh, so anyway, so we will be at that. As Coulter said, we're going to do the show live from Spokane on Monday, uh, and uh, that will be at the conclusion of uh, the, uh, the, the, the Big Sky kickoff there, so we're looking forward to that. But also, uh, that will also initiate our montana football hour which we are bringing back uh, for another year very excited to do this so if uh, maybe you know if you weren't with us on swx uh, last year uh, and uh, are just getting into the show last year all football season we dedicate the first hour of the show every week so every monday show presumably we're on the air on mondays barring a holiday or something like that but the first hour of the show is the montana football hour dedicated to football in the state of montana 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 state of course but also uh you know you can get into the naia stuff even some high school stuff when it's warranted uh, but recaps of what's going on it's a really fun thing to do and it's uh it's where you can get all of your football news information commentary interviews all of it all season long montana football hour right here on this show every monday from four to five and of course we're not we will talk more football than just one hour a week, of course. Totally. You can just guarantee, lock it in, that that hour, that's what we're going to be doing around here. So uh, Reviews,
0: previews of yep. the Cats and Grizz each week. We'll have audio from all the post-game press conferences and stuff. This first Montana Football Hour will likely have some stuff from both Jeff Choate and Bobby Houck, as well as the player representatives for the two Montana schools. Montana is bringing Dalton Sneed and Dante Olsen. No surprises there. Yep. And Montana State is bringing Kevin Cassis and Jacque Allen. Which the latter uh, a little bit surprising because Montana State has six captains this year. He's not one of them. I'm thrilled that he's going because if you haven't ta- heard Jacque Allen talk, don't to be a great. It's a, he's a great interview. He he does not lack confidence. Let's say that he is a very sure of himself young man. Being a guy that started at Virginia Tech, I you know he's got this. He's got the uh, the swagger and the talent to match the. The, uh, the way he talks, but I, I'm excited to have him there as well.
1: And now let's get to the point that we were all working up to, and that's this. And we, you maybe heard the promos on the radio and stuff and so forth, but uh, Coulter has been very instrumental in this. But we, uh, t Tell and the Wands, ESPN Radio, are teaming up with Widmer Brothers Brewing all summer to, to, to send a group of people to Autzen Stadium in Eugene, Oregon, On the 14th of September, uh, we are basically going to start doing remotes at restaurants, establishments around uh, the city of Missoula all uh, summer long. Basically do one a week, effectively one a week.
0: Basically every Thursday.
1: Every, Every Thursday. There's going to be a couple of days that are going to be a little bit different, but we're going to be bouncing around town. And we're going to have tickets at every single one of these to give away to you. So you can register if you're in Western Montana, even if you're just passing through, whatever. Go to the places uh, on the list, and we'll go through them in a moment. Put your name in the box, submit it there, and that's it and then, if you, then we will uh, pull names uh, at each broadcast, and uh, and we'll be giving away tickets for you to go to one of the very cool stadiums in all of college football for sure. Obviously, we know what a program you know Oregon has, and any time, whether it's Montana State or Montana, that they're stepping up in, you know, Montana State starts off at Texas Tech in the Big 12 in Lubbock. Montana this year going to Oregon. It's fun, man. We were at the uh, Montana-Washington uh, game. Look, we know how that game, man. It was 63-7, 60, 63-7, like yep. Uh, regardless of outcome, and you never know when something magical might happen. You never know when the Cats roll into 9,805-degree Lubbock, Texas and just start going to work. You never know when the Grizz might go into Oregon and all of a sudden you got a tie game in the fourth. I don't know. Not saying any of that's going to happen, but what I can tell you is no matter what, it's fun, man. That is fun to get there and get into uh, what are you talking about, 50, 60, 70, 80,000 people at a football game. It's the, it's, uh, it's, it's cool to see and cool to see, you know, your team beat the cats to Grizz, whatever. And so the, the fact that, you know, here in Missoula, we Widmer brothers, you know, wanted to do this and get this going with us for this is is cool. And I'm excited because there's a bunch of people that can now go to a game that they maybe thought was only a pipe dream. And that's exciting to me.
0: I've covered a ton of FBS games, dating back to my time working at the Bozeman Chronicle as well as just doing Skyline Sports but I've actually never covered the Grizz against an FBS opponent the Grizz have played FBS opponents throughout the years but I've never covered the Grizz against FBS mm. opponents so that will be uh, all one of a kind I've never been to Oregon either I've never been to the, the Austin Stadium I should say I've been to Oregon plenty of times I was actually yeah. born in Oregon well my family lived in Oregon when I was born regardless um we lived. We lived a long ways away. <laughs> don't, don't, and, uh, don't, well, it's, don't It's don't, a different story yes. for a different time. Twelve person town had to drive a long way. Speaking of the Idaho mountains, um, yeah. but it, it'd be a cool experience, you know. Uh, and the, it's going to be a night game. Yep. And Act twelve, yeah, originally relevant team in Oregon with potentially the number one overall pick in the draft next year and Justin Herbert. So there's a lot of intrigue there. But stay tuned to ESPN Radio right here. We'll have promotions running throughout the, the next couple months. We'll always let you know where we're going to be. We're going to get this thing kicked off down at Katie O'Keefe's
1: on Thursday, July 18th. Yeah, give, so, them, give them the list. This is not an order of where we're going to be, and we'll get we'll make sure the schedule's out both on Facebook, and each week we'll make sure that that you know where to go uh, to uh, come hang out with us, uh, have maybe a couple of Hefeweizens, and get yourself a couple of tickets, but uh, uh, tell them, Colter, the different places around town that we're going to be all summer long.
0: Get this kicked off next Thursday uh, at... Um, Katie O'Keefe's. If you haven't been down there, it's remodeled. they got the whole downstairs open, too. It's a sweet, sweet sports bar. And then we're going to be rolling on through Fuddruckers, Desperado, Reds, Paradise Falls, Locals, Stockman's Bar, the Iron Horse, and the Press Box. So each one of those establishments... Good list. Each one of those establishments has a registration box. You can go register anytime. There are various different places. So some people have them just right up on the bar. You'll be able to see it. Everybody that works at all the places knows where that is at, so just ask them. Some people keep it behind the bar because it's a little bit you know, busy at some of the bars. Like, I know the Despo, you just got to ask them. I
1: know what I do. I walk in there, I pull out all the ones that are in there, <laughs> I write one card, put my name, and seal that thing back up. Yeah. So... the for the shysters out there like myself, No, nah, no, nah, we're not having that, no doubt. But either lock and key.
0: Either way, nine different establishments. So just look for the registration boxes. We'll make sure that we send pictures out on all our social medias: at ESPN Missoula Facebook, ESPN Missoula Twitter.
1: And the boxes are out now, so you can boxes go right are out now, so you can, right go, so you can go, and go and register. register. Yep.
0: And this this giveaway is presented by Widmer Brothers Brewing, based in Portland. There's a big Widmer Brothers pub out there. They're going to have a tailgate. Sh- party before the game. So there's going to be a ton of stuff uh, involved in this deal. So go around town. If you're there, register in the boxes. Drink yourself a Woodmer, Hafeweizen. I guarantee you, you'll like it. And uh, stay tuned right here each of the next, I guess, nine Thursdays, guys. This will be fun. G- g- kicking That's off your light. Thursday night. Each, yeah. each and every Thursday night, you just come watch Two-Tone Nuwana's, have some beers, and... Uh,
1: It's the first day of the weekend. Get the weekend rolling. That's absolutely right. Hey, hour one in the books, hour two, straight ahead. More NBA free agency. We haven't even scratched the surface. Next.
2: Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not.